We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You gotta have a like the why, and we know our why. So I think you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help, you can get a roadmap, you can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K&K. Hey everybody, thanks for listening in. If you don't know who I am, I am Crystal Moore, the host or one of the hosts of the Value Add Podcast and I also am the broker of Pacific Shore Capital where we will get you the best multifamily or commercial loan in town. And my name is Kenny Simpson, if you don't know, and I am the co-host, not the host. (laughs) And I do residential one to four unit properties and we are the baddest lenders in town today crystal who do we have on the podcast we have michelle aflalo with ives insurance and um we were excited to bring her on because we've referred michelle a ton of business i think most of our clients actually have insurance with michelle we refer her all the time so i just wanted her to come in and share like information about insurance we have a couple of tips and tricks that we've turned our clients on to um to save money on insurance to make sure you're getting the best coverage all of that so that is what we're talking about today on the podcast stay tuned a lot of insurance talk but i promise you if you don't know much about insurance or you do you will definitely learn a nugget or two Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Value Add Podcast with K&K. Today we have our favorite insurance agent, Michelle Aflalo, here with us. Michelle, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Our favorite? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. our preferred. Our, our one only. and only and favorite. We don't Thank cheat. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. We don't cheat. What's up, Michelle? Nothing much. How are you, How are you doing? You? Good. Good. You're here? Yeah. Thanks for coming. We finally got her in here. I know. Finally. Michelle recently, um, well, not recently. I mean. Around the same time, we both had yeah. babies. So, you know, that kind Life's of changes busy. things. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's always the like post pregnancy, not wanting to be seen on a camera and yeah. all that fun stuff. Yeah. Like when you're not sleeping. Oh, that's not, what it was. <laughs> there's the truth. That was truth a big comes part out. of it, but I was also very busy at work. Yes. That too, ah. Obviously. <laughs> See the attitude changer? She's that like, defense too. mode. No, it yeah. was work. Yeah. I promise. Yeah. Work and probably like, losing the baby weight and trying to get back into the swing of life. And generally yeah. just getting used to being a mom. Yeah. Yeah. Because your little one didn't really sleep very good. Yeah. He still doesn't. Oh, so we're no? working on that. <laughs> it's okay, though. I, one of my good friends had said to me from the beginning that you just learn how to live exhausted. And yes. That's, that's how it's wow, been. We're lucky. So. Yeah, see? Well, you look well-rested. Well, thank you. <laughs> Energy drinks go a long way. Yeah. Was, it, <laughs> was it Adam's night last night or something? Yeah, it actually is. Oh, okay. Because Friday's off, so it's ah, perfect. You You're, like, You're on. Yep. Um, yes. So we met, real quick how we met you, we met Michelle. Through another client. Through another client. Yeah. And then how long have we known Michelle for, or working with Michelle? I mean, it's probably seven. like seven, eight years. I was going to say seven or eight years. Yep. And... Um, so Michelle, we're going to get into it. So Michelle's basically, we work with Michelle about seven, eight years. And the good thing is, is um, we refer to her a lot of business, but she's also saved our clients a lot of money. So our show is value add. So she brings value to people by obviously with insurance. And I think she has a pretty good understanding on how insurance works, especially for people that are real estate investors. Yeah. 
Yes. Um, I think you've learned a lot over the last seven years with us because you got a lot of stuff thrown at you. Well, but also our clients who initially referred us to Michelle, I think Michelle got a really good education <laughs> with them to begin with. They had challenging properties. The market sucked at the time. And there were some serious issues that you had to kind of navigate through and they with had them. challenging properties, yeah. Yeah, which is part yeah. of the reason they even referred is they said, look, this girl Michelle's awesome and she really understands it and she works hard for us. So you guys should work with her. I think she'd be really great for your clients. And, and then it kind of just took off from there. Yeah. And we've been keeping Michelle busy, I think, for a while. Yes, yeah, she's <laughs> very grateful for it. Yeah. Um, so Michelle, tell us about, I know I, if you're ba- the background of the company and how long you guys been around and who started it. Cause we always like people to understand the story and that it's family business and stuff like that. If you yeah, can just absolutely. jump into that. Absolutely. So my grandfather started the company in his garage 60 yes. years ago. So wow. he was back there and then my mom joined the family business. Gosh, I think 30 or 40 years ago. I should say 30. She'd get mad at me for saying 40, 30 years ago. Um, And so I always say I was kind of born and raised going into the office, doing all the fun summer jobs, filing papers when the file cabinets were there. What age were you starting to work in the office? Gosh, I think I got a little allowance for filing when I was like probably 12 or 13. And then from there, as I got older, I was doing little things here and there. Honestly, I didn't know the business or really learn it, but I was around it and around the lingo and all of that. Um, and then went to college. I went to U of A and then party I, school. Yeah. Yep. Just saying. Best I'm four years saying. of my life. I will say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've also learned a lot. Yes, and, of uh, course. Yeah. And my grandfather got sick during that time. And my parents approached me and said, you know, I think that you should, consider getting into insurance and so I got pulled on in and it's been 10 years now wow and so um yeah I've been doing it for a while did you have an idea that you were going to do something different yeah or not really yeah I went into it actually pre-physical therapy okay and Fonzie oh really awesome I love it But I don't know how far you got. Um, I started seeing how much okay, math. You got farther. <laughs> I had how much math and um, science was involved in that, School which makes stuck. sense. Um, I I yeah. decided maybe it's not, not for me. Thing. So, um, and then it was around that time that my grandfather got sick. So I ended up um, studying communications, and then I double minored in business and psychology. So, so. you kind of started. So you so did you come right out of college? You're right in insurance. Mm-hmm. So you started right in the recession. Yeah, like 2009, yeah. 10, right around there. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I think we met Michelle like right after. You're two years in, I think. Yeah, right? I was two years in. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. cool. So your grandpa started in the 60s. 59. 59. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's rush. important for us on the insurance side because we are an independent agency, so we represent many different carriers. And so the relationships that we have with our carriers today go back wow. to, you know, 60 years. And that really does set us apart um, within San Diego, within the state, and those relationships go a long way, no matter what not, anybody honest, says. You're, you're, you're probably working with a lot of the same companies, huh? Yeah. Some, um, some of the marketing reps and the underwriters that we have – have know my grandfather and he That's passed awesome. away in 09. So, okay. um, and know him from back in the day. We actually have one of our reps that, um, went to my, to the garage. So, 
Um, oh my god! Was back there and all of that. So it's pretty cool to you know that that they've stayed with us through that time and. Um, it is helpful to us too because if there's ever scenarios where we do need to go above an underwriter or do any of that, which is rare, but if we do, then we have the ability and we have the name and we have the years behind us. So they've um, worked with generations of your family yeah, now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. And so um, it helps us be able to get certain things done that maybe other people wouldn't be able to get done. It 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 also gives us the knowledge base and all of that behind the scenes that some of our competition may not have. So it's pretty cool. Well, I would imagine, too, the length of the relationship and probably also the volume that you do get some volume discounts and things. I mean, even in lending, that happens, mm-hmm. too. So it's like, you know, you probably get that. And then plus, like you said, the longstanding relationship, you're more likely to get certain exceptions if they can be yes. made because of the longstanding relationship and your track record. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's definitely goes a long way. Um, the The discounts and things come with us having that relationship with our underwriters and being able to talk to them and say, look, here's what we have. Trust us on this. You know, we're not going to just throw something at you that we don't think would be a good fit for your company. And so they, because we have that longstanding relationship, they'll number one, if they don't necessarily have that appetite or going after that type of business habitability and um, the real estate market right now, apartment buildings, multifamily, Companies are shying away from it because of all the lawsuits going on. And so because of that, because they know that I write a lot of property, they have that trust in me. So if I can bring if I bring them an account that maybe was declined previously or whatever, I have the ability to talk them through and explain why this risk may be better than what they may have initially thought it was. Because so. your business is very similar to ours, like because you're we're lending on it is risk. Like you understand, even though we have to look at all your tax returns and stuff, you're looking at a person, their asset, but a bank is an underwriter saying, do I want to lend to this person? Do I want to insure this person? It's risk. Oh, hundred percent. And I think a lot of uh, customers, they just think, just give me the damn loan. Give me the damn insurance. What's the problem here? And some of it's just cookie cutter. It's easy. But sometimes when it's complex, it's like. This isn't just, uh, you know, just you're shooting fish in a barrel here. This is tough. So Absolutely. It, it's like when she says risk, we're dealing both with almost the same thing, just different and industries. Most of our properties oh, yeah. here are older, too. I would say that it's that's a probably a challenge. huge challenge that yeah. the market, the insurance market in general right now, because there's a lot of insurance companies who say we will not touch any properties that are 30 years old or more. That's like, it's like the, the whole city second. of San Diego. <laughs> well, where are, we, where are we going to? Because yeah. nothing like, in San uh, Diego what? is that. I mean, and even the remodels, if they're not fully knocked down to the ground and registered with the city that they're, you know, newly they built, they're going to stand by the 1800s or 1950s. And therefore, they're the companies that are saying no way. And so that's where we have the advantage of being able to come in and say, OK, let me show you some pictures. Let me you know, I went and physically inspected it myself. And, you know, here's where we think you should take it and why and all that. So, um, how long is your, cause your mom's full time in the business. Mm-hmm. How long has she been in the business? I think it's like I said earlier, I think 30, 30 ish. We'll go with 30. 30. We're going to go with 30, maybe 20. So your mom's 30. in the business. You're no, in the 30 business. Years, for sure. Your brother's in the business. Mm-hmm. My dad, your dad is, dad in the is business, now in the business. Yes. So there's, it's a full blown family business, but we also have a whole team of course, yeah. um, that we consider family as well. But, um, we have a, I think 14 or 15 people now. Wow. So we've grown quite a bit and our agency's 
growing more. I and mean, you're located in Liberty Station. We're in Liberty Station, it's right on the Diego. promenade there. Gorgeous location. We love it. It's a great work environment for us, which oh, I mean, it's, a, it's so important to have that. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. So when you guys were in there, there I'm, wasn't much. Oh, it was like dead in there. Yeah, now oh, it's yeah. like you can't even find parking. I'm like, I wait a minute, you there, you could give parking away here. Now you can't <laughs> find it. Yeah, they're doing a big old uh, Christmas show now there. Oh, are they? Uh huh. Right on the promenade. So oh, cool. we've been watching them build that whole place up and cool. playing Christmas music in the evening. And so we're opening and they have the, the doors up, listening and stuff over there too. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that's further down. And then yeah. on the other side, they're doing this whole show. That's so awesome. I'm excited to check that out. So it should be pretty cool. We'll see. So what what exactly are you guys doing? Like, what is it stuff? Um, I mean, I kind of know what you do, but do you specialize in stuff or do you like the whole gamut or, you know? So our agency, it's our, we do all types of insurance from the property and casualty, life and health. Um, however, my primary focus is the property and casualty property um, for multifamily and commercial buildings. Um, I love property. I am very confident in the markets that we have, and I know and feel like I can beat pretty much everyone. And so you pretty much do, like I, I would say. Why, yeah. when you yeah. say why you're, you say you're, which I'm just curious, you say you're confident. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you confident in like just this market? Because I'm very familiar with it. I've been doing it for the last ten years, and I write many portfolios. And mm-hmm. within the portfolios, there's all different types of property and I've been able to beat everyone and save people a lot of money. Yeah, I know that. Um, But it's not only that on top of it, it is providing coverage too. Um, as much as people feel that insurance is a commodity commodity and what we see on TV with the commercials and saving a buck or two here and there, that is very important. But also it's understanding the policies, what's on the policy, what's excluded from the policy, and making sure that we have the right coverages in force. Every risk is a little bit different, even within the property market. And so making sure that we understand and we're providing savings to the client as well as boosting their coverage or making sure that they're fully aware of what they're covered with. And so um, I think all of that together beats out anybody else because I can look at a portfolio, save the money, help with the coverage, and we can all feel confident that they're getting everything they need. Yeah, I can say that's like one of the biggest things we've seen because I obviously the clients that we referred, everybody's had a lot of people have had issues along the road. What I mean, if you own property for a long time, the chances of you getting a claim are really high, like just at some point in your ownership career. So it's it's funny because I remember one of our clients saying like, insurance, I've never had to call in an insurance claim in 25 years. And then I'm like, <laughs> well, you ate your words a couple of years after that. Uh, that's very true. So that's you, have very to, true. you have to be really careful in knowing about the coverage. And honestly, if people really do research their insurance, which is not a fun thing to do, it's like totally like you can use that to put you to sleep at night. Like it's really <laughs> very not true. fun. But understanding coverage, because one of the conversations that you and I have had when potential issues have arisen is like, it's situational Mm -hmm. and well but if it happened this way maybe it's covered but if it happened this way then it's not covered so it's really important to know obviously too because I think people are really quick I've seen people are really quick to go through their insurance for things Mm -hmm. so um, I think one of the things you've done that's awesome is guiding our clients through when it makes when it's maybe appropriate to submit a claim and then also just how to navigate through that because you can definitely get passed around and it takes a while I mean as 
apartment owners ourselves, like if you have to submit a claim and go through insurance, like your unit's down. If it if it's something that happened in a unit and you have to relocate someone, I'm like, good luck with that. That's going to be a while. Right, right. So just helping them navigate through that and get through it as quickly as they possibly can is huge. I think it's not even just saving the money and, and also making sure you have the good policy, but it's also having an agent that's available to help you out. Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously I'm a little biased, but you guys really do bring – value add to your clients by shopping that out for them and taking that next step because there's a lot of you know at the end of the day you guys have your requirements for a loan on what needs to be like what needs to be covered what limits but really at the end of the day the requirements are based on that asset and and how much the loan is for and all of that where you guys take that next step and you make sure that yes that those requirements are made but that they're that we're sending them a quote or that they do have the coverage that they need to be protected beyond the loan and I think that's very huge and it sets you guys apart and that's huge for what you guys are doing for your clients because I can't tell you how many people we see that will call us and say hey um you know I just want whatever the whatever the loan requires that's all I care about and we try to talk them through it and they'll go away from us because they're saying no 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 I don't want that I just want what the loan requires and they don't understand important and then they come back to us years later and say well wait a second I actually do need that because I had a lawsuit or whatever it is and so I think that really you guys are awesome in that fact of adding that value. Yes, we love to save money for our mutual clients, but it gets us all on the same page and it it kind of makes it so that once we do hand off that client and it, you guys close the loan, that we're all confident that they're taken care of beyond the loan. Well, the crappy thing about it is, is that when somebody comes back to you to get that coverage, it's usually because they had some sort of nightmare that they just went through or are currently going through Mm -hmm. that makes them rethink the whole insurance thing. So, I mean, it's funny because even when I first met Kenny, I was the girl who had like Geico or Progressive (laughs) or whoever for my car insurance even. And Kenny's like, what are you talking about? If you get in an accident, like you're probably not going to get taken care of. If you actually get hurt, it's not going to cover you. So he actually changed my mind of the whole thing about having good insurance and making sure that your coverage is really good. Cause I think most of us are just focused on the money. You think of like, course. it's fine. It's just insurance and it is what it is. But the truth of the matter is it's the coverages are different. Absolutely. And it's kind of what we were talking about the other day in the fact of an umbrella. The keyword umbrella um, it, within our industry, it's kind of changed because now we're calling it an excess policy because people assume an umbrella. Oh, I have an umbrella co- coverage. I'm good. It covers everything. Right. Because yeah. you would think an umbrella would cover everything, but it doesn't. An umbrella is an extension of an underlying liability. And so that's for a lawsuit that um, that we're actually seeing more and more of where an attorney comes in. They start suing at one point five million is kind of our what we've seen. Um, and maybe that amount isn't necessarily paid out, but you want to make sure that you have that extra coverage. People have gone online and they just buy, you know, they want to go save a certain amount of money that they're told on the commercials that they're going to be able to save. They go click the buttons, they get savings. And then all of a sudden a lawsuit comes along and they had no idea that they were supposed to pick higher coverage or whatever it was. So just making sure that you are accurately covered is so important in understanding what you're purchasing. Someone may have great coverage, buy an umbrella, and then not have another policy that they were supposed to have, but they thought that umbrella was going to cover everything. Yeah. So I know that's, sorry, I know that's talking about two different things. But no, I it, mean, I, I, I think people, you know, insurance to me, there's two different insurance. There's an insurance that 
there's an insurance company that spent a shit ton of money on marketing mm-hmm. and just like anybody else. And they're basically put it, you know, give me this shiny object here. And then a lot of people go for it and nobody really learns anything. Even people at like that own a lot of property until something goes wrong. And then they realize, then they get pissed off at, you know, their insurance agent. It could be a big name that says, wait a minute, you didn't tell me about this and that. And they're like, sorry, but they just get insurance and they think they're covered. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the one thing I tell people is like, yeah, not only can you save money, but do you know what the hell the coverage is? Because insurance isn't really, you don't need it. You only need it when you need it. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's like health insurance. It's like, yeah, you go to the doctor. It's what's the big stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I'm anal about it because my brother's anal about it because a, f- a good family friend of ours is a, um, big trial attorney in Miami. He's an entry attorney. Mm-hmm. And this is what he's been doing for 20 years. And he says, you know, you don't have the right insurance and you get in a wreck and like, Oh, I'll be fine. Like that hospital bill. And you're, that coverage is gone in two weeks. No, it's not. Uh, I've done a few oh, yeah. thousand cases. Yeah. So I realized you need to bulk up on it and just at the property level too. Yeah. Like you don't know, people don't know what they're getting. They really don't. Right. Not at all. And it's, it's scary. And the biggest thing with insurance is you know, people are so focused on price, 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 price. But at the end of the day, you're protecting, you know, you're protecting your biggest asset. And Mostly, that's, yeah. I mean, some of these people, especially with property, that's your retirement. That's your retirement income. That is everything that is there to take care of your family once you are ready to retire or or you be, put your life savings into exactly, this thing too, Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so it's just, it blows me away sometimes when people are just like, oh, I just want the minimum minimum. And then it's like, well, wait a second. Let's talk about what we're covering. This is, this should be your number one priority. And I get it. You don't need it till you need it. Exactly. Unless you've gone yeah. through something. I then you understand yeah, it. Yeah, right? and it's, and that's then where your I, job's easier. Totally, totally. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah. But that's a hard part yeah. that I have too, right? I, you know, I'm obviously in sales, but I genuinely want to help these clients because I know that in turn that's going to help everybody in the long run. And, and so to be able to not scare people too bad or try to look too salesy because I'm telling these stories. But the fact of the matter is we see these lawsuits come in daily and a lot of them are a bunch of BS and it's people tripping and falling because they heard that their friend tripped and fell and they got some money from it or whatever it is. And the lawsuit, when you get served a lawsuit, it is petrifying. And I have people call and we have to talk them through it. It's okay. You know, this is, and luckily for us, because we're so confident, confident in the coverage we're providing, we're able to say, you're fine. Don't worry. We're going to get through this. And we help walk them through it. Whereas other, you know, if you're calling a 1-800 number to turn a claim in, they don't care because you didn't talk to John Smith when you called before to put the coverage in place. So he's just going to tell you, sorry, it's not covered or all right, here you go. And just pass you along. So it's another benefit of, you know, working with an agent and having a relationship with your whole team. And definitely, I mean, honestly, you've even helped us. It's really interesting. Just, I mean, from being a business owner and being in real estate, I think when I got my real estate license, they said there's a statistic about how many times or how many lawsuits you might go through if you're a licensed agent or a licensed broker. And it's like, basically, if you're a licensed broker, you're going to get sued at some point in your career at least once. And um, it's happened to us. Like things have come up, whether they're frivolous or not, they still have, you still have to pay attorneys to fight these things and they can get really expensive. And even recently, um, like we've told everybody that we we sold our management business, but I remember you called me on the very last day (laughs) that I could purchase a tail policy, which means I'm not doing business anymore. Why would I need insurance? I'm like, why would I? And we put it on there just for the fun of it. Like, okay, like, let's do this. 
justice. And then I had a legal problem come up that we're like being represented on as we speak, even yeah. though we don't even do business. And it was something that was way in the past that had nothing to do with us. Hello, people. Wake up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that if I didn't have that tail policy, I would have to be paying an attorney right now. Whereas like I'm not having to pay for that. And then they're actually hiring really good counsel to, to act on our behalf. Mm -hmm. So that way, you know, they're basically the experts. It's like me, I'm I'm not going to do my own tax return. I hire a CPA for that. Right. So for my insurance agent, it's like, you want to have somebody who specializes in the insurance that you need and can kind of guide you through the whole process because there's no way that as a layman, we can understand about insurance. I still, I literally still don't understand, but I just trust you to figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that. I remember just going, uh, Chris, this is what we're going to do. Yes. (laughs) I know you didn't want to, but we're going to do it. And, and it worked out and good thing it did and so there is you know there's so much that goes into all of it and it gets scary if you aren't protected correctly and the defense is what costs so much because at the end of the day we're in california the most litigious state and the lawsuits occur and a lot of times if you look at you know the loss runs that basically a piece of paper we get after claims are paid out majority of the cost comes from that defense and about you know, it could be five to 10,000 that actually gets paid to pay it off or whatever it is. And the defense is huge. You're paying for your attorney. And so. Because most of the stuff is bullshit. It like, is. Majority of it. It is. Yeah. And yeah, I've seen the craziest stories. And, you know, at the end of the day, the insurance companies have to figure out, is it going to be as much as I hate this, but it is changing in California and across the U.S. But, um, Sometimes the companies have to, it's it's less expensive to just pay the people off yeah. than it is to fight it. And the state of California is changing that. They're starting to fight a lot more, which I'm very grateful for because it comes back to Be- everyone. Because if they don't pay out as much, people realize, wait a minute, they're starting to lose more and you're not going to exactly. get the settlement. You're going to fight and people won't. Act. Well, it's right. sort of enabling. I mean, it was very enabling that you can have this mentality because I do think that's happening. There's a lot of attorneys in the state of California, too many. A lot of them that don't make money or and the only way that they can make money is by helping people file frivolous lawsuits. Yeah. And if they win, they can make a buck or two here or there just mm-hmm. to get by. As our attorney friend says, there's 250,000 attorneys time, in, 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 yeah, in California and there's 50,000 unemployed. Yeah. So you'll, they're willing to sue anytime. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. I want to I jump into um, so we can help people out here. Let's let's just run through a couple different things. First is is um, somebody has a single family residence, their primary residence. Um, let's just go through that. What are from your point of view, your insurance? You see this shit every day, all day long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a homeowner, blow Joe. I'm buying a house. What are some of the things that I should really be like? Let's first of all, when I'm having a conversation with an insurance agent. What does that look like? What questions should I be asking? And also, what are the specific stuff that I should just basic 101 that I should be having on my policy or coverage? Well, I think the first thing as far as before you're even looking at that, one of the biggest hot topics that we're seeing all over the news right now is brush. Okay. And that is, I mean, it's been all over. And obviously with the fires and us being in California, that's a huge thing. So before even the house is purchased, one recommendation I have is just – be aware of where the home is located. Not saying don't buy in those areas, but just know that, you know, it is a cost, right? If, you, if you're going to be in a higher risk area, the insurance, as we're seeing, companies have basically said they have maps 
And if you're in the red zone or in a high brush zone, they won't even write you. So therefore, we absolutely have carriers who will write you, but just know that that's going to be an extra cost down the line. So there's many different things you need to think about going in, like you were saying, you know, we're dealing with risk. And so I'm sure from the loan, you guys have different factors as well. But just putting on the risk glasses of just looking around and saying, okay, what what exactly am I buying? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's beautiful inside. It's been upgraded, all this stuff. But let's look around the place. Let's see what it is. Um, then once you take that step, as far as calling an insurance agent, I highly recommend calling an independent insurance agent. Um, they're it's not biased. Yeah, it's not biased. They're able to look at the market. There is no there's not a perfect match for a perfect person. I mean, there's so many different companies out there that have different appetites. So, I'm sorry, there is a perfect match for a perfect person, but it's trying to figure out what that match is. So, you may call a captive company and they're going to try to convince you that their company is always the best and it's not necessary it could be and there's great carriers but there's also other carriers who maybe don't focus so much on marketing and have awesome products and policies and so by using independent agent we can shop those markets so question for you so if somebody's going to like a big name like a state farm or farmers or something like that just so we're clear does like a state farm are they just selling their insurance like it's like it's kind of like I'm Wells Fargo, mm-hmm. and I know I sell to Fannie and Freddie and all this, but this is what I can do. And we're a broker; we have ability to broker. So I'm like, I can do what Wells Fargo can do, but I can do this, 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 this. So I have they have you know ten bullets. I have a hundred bullets. Is that what right. you're saying? So yes. They only sell like what they have. Yes. And you have a hundred bullets. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Our markets are a lot. You know, we have way more markets. They literally only have State Farm that they can write with or okay. farmers or whatever it is. Okay. Um, it is changing a little bit, but um, we actually have awesome relationships with a lot of State Farm and farmers agents because a lot of their stuff, unfortunately, is being non-renewed or uprates or whatever it is oh, wow. because of the brush. So we're able to help, you know, and have a partnership. And there's nothing against them. They're, you know, they're great carriers. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I do feel that shopping the independent market is really a great way to go about it, especially when you're a new home buyer. You want to make sure that you have the best rates. I understand, you know, a lot of new home buyers, you guys see it all the time. We're trying to work costs down as much as we can. And so if we can save money, and then obviously we'll take the time to really sit down and look at, you know, what each product, how they differ, how they're different, and compare those, and then be able to give the new home buyer an option, different options, and find out what's best for them. Not to mention is that year over year, one carrier might be best and then the next carrier might be better. I mean, we have insurance policies with people I've literally never heard of. Mm -hmm. And we also have gotten the calls from you to say, hey, this carrier just came in. They're a lot more competitive. It's going to be the same coverage. I'm going to save you a little bit of money. They want to buy the market. Or you're going to get a little better coverage, whatever the case may be. We're going to switch, okay? And I'm like, great, let's (laughs) do that. So that is one of the things I think is a huge benefit because if you are with like direct with an insurer, you're never going to know when they change those policies and when somebody else that's more competitive might be coming into the market. Yeah, absolutely. And we have we have somebody in our office who is dedicated to, actually a couple people now, who are dedicated to the uprates. Um, the Department of Insurance is the one who looks year after year at the rates and at coverages and at 
exclusions and all that kind of stuff. And they're the one that mandate these companies to raise their rates, lower their rates, you know, do all these things. So they are always changing. And so we do have someone dedicated in our office. Every time renewals come in, they are saying, okay, this person's rate went up. We're quoting it back out, making sure we have the best rate for them. And as much as it is, you know, a little bit of work to be able to switch all the policies over, we feel that it's worth it. Our We have a long-term relationship with all of our clients, and um, that to us, that's so important. And we're able to do that and still constantly save people money. We do also work with name companies as yeah, well, Nation, Nationwide Progressive, yeah. all those guys as well. But we do have beyond the the You shop names, them all. We shop them all. So you know, so. you guys have all the big names that we know of that like right. the, cons- the average consumer would know of. But then you also have like a bunch of other ones that none of us have heard of. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's kind of like us. We have, you know, where there's private yeah. banks that people are like, I've never heard of them. Well, they're going to do your deal. Right. right. Um, so if you have a home, I'm guessing there's like general policies and then there's maybe like it's the a la carte where you can get fire coverage, earthquake, is that kind of how it goes? It's like, are they, I know you can build it in or I know a lot of people are always debating, should I get in earthquake earthquake or fire? But that, that says, I'm guessing you have this general policy that's like, you know, you can wrap it with your car or whatever and get this good rate. But when you start adding fire and earthquake, that will bump your policy up, correct? So your typical homeowner's policy, it covers fire. Okay. So that is a peril that is covered. And um, so that is going to be your main policy. Then what is not covered that people don't realize typically is the earthquake coverage and the flood coverage. Flood, that's the flood, other one. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then obviously an umbrella for the extension of your liability. And so whenever we have an earthquake, our office just is ready because we yeah. know we're going to get 200 phone calls the next day of people saying, how much is it again for earthquake coverage? And, you know, everybody's, then we see on the news that people are expecting a big earthquake or whatever. So that's, that is a separate policy that someone would have to purchase. Um it, it works a little bit different. There actually are – so 10 years ago when I started, there weren't as many private earthquake policies around. It was the CEA, which is the California Earthquake Authority. And But since then, there have been many different private companies that have started to offer this coverage, and it's a separate policy. Okay. And so it is something you can add to your bundle or buy it separately depending on you know what works best for the client and the rates. Um, but it is something that you would add on. And then flood the same way. A lot of times people don't think about purchasing flood coverage unless their loan requires it, if they're in a flood zone, things like that. But um, it is another coverage that sometimes people – flood is considered outside waters coming in. Okay, that's what I was going to so, ask So, yeah. You. So, that's so literally a like a flood. Yeah. So, if your house, a pipe bursts, it floods, completely different. Yes. Okay, so yes. this is like the stream is coming down the street. So, let me just ask you about that. Um if there's an earthquake or a flood and mm-hmm. you don't have insurance, let's just go through a hypothetical if you can. Mm-hmm. Are you pretty much screwed? So there are. <laughs> I, I mean, in a way, yes. But then, you know, we always have people say, well, I'm not going to buy flood insurance. I'm not going to buy earthquake insurance because I know that, you know, in the state of an emergency, then all of a sudden we'll have the funding coming in. But the the state programs and the funding that comes in, it those are all loans. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, in a sense. So if your you would, house gets knocked down by an earthquake, I'm probably being exaggerated here, um, and you don't have earthquake insurance, earthquake insurance, you're probably in deep shit, basically. Right. So you're going to have to pay to build the house. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the reality of it. Like I was saying, there, there is the – I'm totally blinking out on the, the name right now, but the, in the state FEMA and then the earthquake – 
I don't I'm blinking out. But they'll, the state in The damn earthquake people, okay? (laughs) Yes, you over there. It's going to come to me randomly. But but they will pay you back. But again, like I said, it's a loan. They're going to pay you. You can rebuild your house, but then you're going to be paying that back. And I'm sure the interest rate is not going to be favorable. Yeah, sounds fun. (laughs) Yeah. But a lot of people don't have earthquake insurance. Like, because it's, it's. You because you look at statistically, you're like everybody's like, okay, if we get a big one, they're all down. Then they're just it's gonna everybody be screwed. So basically, the people who say that if that happens, anyways, it's going to be a state of emergency, and they're going to give money. They've never been through that loans. to know might, that those are loans. To, yeah. Those right. are not gifts. Exactly, and people yeah. assume that's not gifts. insurance. Yeah, and and the other the other factor that they scare away from or that they're scared from is that um, years ago earthquake insurance was very expensive. I mean. There's CEA offers it and it's very inexpensive, but the coverage is minimal. Okay. Um, you have loss of use. Like if there was an earthquake and you had to move out, CEA offers um, their basic plan would offer $1,500 for you to stay in a hotel. Woo-hoo. From the fires we've learned up from up north that have occurred, hotel rates skyrocket oh, as soon sure. as that happens, right? So if a hotel is still standing after that earthquake and you had to move out to an earthquake, $1,500 is going to go one night. You're pretty much going to be a van down by the river. Yeah. If you can get a van. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So And find a river. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Interesting. So, yeah. So, the private programs it's are better. a couple hundred dollars. They're so way it's not, more affordable so, so it's now. So, not that bad? There's great? No. No. Not at all. And think- it's so worth it because I've actually been talking to clients quite a bit that say like oh we're due for another big one it's been a long time so it's like (laughs) if you want to have that assurance then you're saying it's fairly inexpensive or pretty inexpensive to get that sort of commercial a lot more uh no not really i mean it's it's very i mean it's not a couple hundred but depending on how many doors and all that okay so but i know a lot of people still don't do it i know and that's it's the risk, right? It's it's your risk tolerance. Well, how and what much you is feel. it really though? Because honestly, like when we're well, estimating property insurance, we're at like thirty five cents a square foot is what we estimate for annual insurance, and it's usually pretty much right about there. So, I mean, if, if earthquake I mean, was me, even ten cents a so square just, foot on I like mean, a commercial me, I, building, let's say to me, I do like a home, no. like like I'm just yeah. doing loans. So I'm like, to me, it's like somebody's buying. I'm not talking just an average basic home. I feel like I always put like a hundred bucks a month in, and if it gets bigger and bigger, obviously it's going to go up. But like, so a thousand dollars a year, you're going to pay for homeowners insurance, right? Let's just pick a number okay. for a kind of a cookie cutter home. Um, and add on to that, you're saying is you could pay maybe fifteen hundred dollars total and get the yeah. Okay, so you're saying maybe five hundred dollars or less you can add on earthquake. We're just hypothetically saying here we don't know the exact situation. Of course, and there's okay. obviously different factors exactly. that go into it. The higher your deductible, exactly, the lower the cost. The lower it's going to raise it up so it depends it varies but for the most part yes we can we are compared to your main policy it's very inexpensive yes yes so let's talk about because you brought the word deductible Mm -hmm. that's another one so if you have a thousand dollar deductible and if you have a ten thousand that is gonna that's gonna be pretty dramatic in a rate for a house Uh, yes absolutely and so and multifamily we've learned that yeah and to be straight if you have a thousand dollar deductible and um, some idiot drives their car through the front door of your house, and it's you know thirty thousand dollars. You pay twenty nine thousand. You pay a thousand, and the insurance pays twenty nine thousand. Correct for Obviously, a covered claim, but yeah, yes. for covered exactly. <laughs> We're just thinking hypothetically. Okay, so yes. ten thousand. Okay, with the deductible thing, one thing that I know we always talk about is a lot of times people. 
in, in the past, a lot of policies that we see, they'll come over to us to get things quoted and they have a $500 deductible for a property policy or a $1,000 deductible for an apartment building. The first thing that I'm going to do is tell you, you need to raise that deductible. Yeah. Yeah. We all know, I mean, first of all, on a commercial policy, typically, or at least for our policies that 10. we quote, you're going to have a $0 liability deductible. Okay. So that's important. And then on top of it, the property deductible is what we're talking about here. So I always suggest that you do not, on a, especially in an apartment building or a commercial building, you do not want to go any lower than $5,000. Because if someone calls me with a claim... Yes, I am supposed to say, turn the claim into your insurance company, as they should. However, a lot of portfolio owners, they're not mm. going to turn the small claims in, and they shouldn't, because your rates are going to go I up. I mean, let's be honest. If is, you, if the people that you're doing in a, that have a big portfolio, um, no offense to anybody out there, but for $5,000 for them when they're multi-multi-millionaires, it's such a small deal. And to go through the insurance and all this, not only is it time and energy, you're just going to bump your Policy, have a claim. But exactly. it goes, but it's going to go across your, like, they're going to look at it, like, it's going to hit you on all your policies, right? Right. right. It uh, flies, well, well, does it flag or just the building? If if it's a portfolio and we have a master policy on it, it's going to hit the whole master policy. So Perfect then we're going to have to split that and we take that off and move it over. But it's it's not necessarily that first claim. It's, you know, if especially in San Diego, as we talked about, we have older buildings here. So a pipe bursting or a car driving through a door, whatever it is, right? Those those claims may not be as bad as someone may freak out and want to turn a claim in, yeah. but if the damage is $8,000, that first claim, and then a month later a fire happens, and then that's a $50,000 claim, and you turn that $8,000 claim in, now you have two claims on your records, and your our admitted preferred markets aren't going to want that unless there is a very, very good explanation as to what happened. So your rates are going to go up. And so by having a 5, 10, we have some clients that you guys know and have seen that have $25,000 deductibles. Because they can afford it. Yeah. Call that stuff yeah, in. exactly. Like, I mean, the we, truth have we called anything? No, mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is, as an apartment owner, I'm probably not going to call much in. Like, I, yeah. I ba- unless it has to be, like, if there was a fire in one of my units and it just got completely burned down, I'd be like, Okay, probably need to yeah. call that in. <laughs> well, we but, first call you and go, what is this? What do we do? And that's the thing is, is everybody listening is you don't just jump. I go, we first go, okay, it's 30000 50000 Even though you're like, I'm like, what is that going to do to us, Michelle, long term? And right. you'd be like, well, you know, it could go up this. So you have to look because you're like, well, shit, if I pay the fifty. But long term, I'm going to be, you know, getting whacked. Like, it's like you rather just, you know, sometimes it's just better to eat it, right? I mean, right. Absolutely. Just, you got to look at the whole, the whole Absolutely. Situation. Not to mention that. So recently, um, we had a client that we were helping with some renovations at their apartment. They ended up having a leak under the building, blah, blah, blah. Like, long story short, they ended up calling it in through their insurance. You don't have that policy. <laughs> but, um, and they were like, Crystal, really, should I have put it through my insurance? I was like, I wouldn't have. Because months later, and they didn't get the loss of income, and waiting for all of, like, to figure out what they were going to get reimbursed by the time they had to do the work in the units, ended up being, like, almost six months. It was, like, five months. So they got five months of no rent in two of their units, plus they got the, the plumbing thing. And they ended up paying for a lot of the plumbing, but they didn't pay for any of the loss of income, and they didn't pay for some of the stuff that had to be done in the units. It was fairly minor, like flooring and paint kind of stuff but they didn't get paid for that so i think they were more like yes we're gonna get paid for the loss of income i'm putting it through my insurance right right. where they're gonna pay for the stuff inside the unit no they didn't they paid Mm -hmm. for the plumbing problem and you just lost five months of rent on your two units yeah so that adds up as well plus now you have a claim on your insurance that's gonna cost you more money now no you shouldn't have done and they could have (laughs) and they could have written a check (laughs) if it's i think it is they could have written a check and 
it would have been not a thought and moved on with life. So I think he'd have been done in like 30 days, but they, you know, yeah. well, and then months. that adds on yeah. to how Ives and, you know, our focus on customer service and stuff and the relationships we have with our carriers, it should not take that long to process a claim. So, you know, that's where <laughs> the relationship months. with us, if you guys call us and you say, Hey, here's our claim. We're following up on that all the way through. And we want to make sure that if, okay, if this is drawn out, we need to know why and we need to be putting pressure on. Sometimes it's missed calls between adjusters or whatever it is, but that's why having a relationship with us, we're able to follow through, follow through so that we can get another tenant back in there quickly. So if you do have to turn and claim and you want to make sure that you have your relationship with your insurance agent that knows what they're doing, that's focusing on, we understand cash flow is the number one important thing for all of our clients. And so if we're not being able to bring you back to where you were prior to that as fast as possible, there's going to be an issue. And so, you know, yes, you want to make sure that you have a higher deductible to maybe prevent turning some of the smaller claims in. But if you do have one, you want to make sure you're with a company that and an agent that's going to be able to get that process. And has the relationships. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Any, any, let me, anything on housing before we move on to commercial that anybody we're missing or anybody should know that just like from your point of view when it comes to insurance. Um, I, the stress on working with a independent agent is so important. I feel these days, um, with the industry changing so much with, like I said, the brush, um, the earthquake or, you know, just all these risks, everything that keeps happening in California, it's, it's rattling these insurance, no pun intended, but it's rattling these insurance companies. And so rates are changing. And so you just want to make sure that you're with somebody that is watching the market and is not you know, just letting your policy renew. So the market's volatile right now. It, for it's changing for yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring up another point because you did talk about the master policy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's like our little secret that we've kind of helped clients save so much money on. Not really a secret because I, I'm honestly surprised more people don't know about it, but it's it's you kind of funny. Doing financing. Yeah. I mean, people. and I think one of the first people that we ever referred to you owned like 500 units or something. You know who they are. Mm-hmm. And they, I think you saved them like 30 or $40,000 a year on their insurance policies. Yeah. One client that you know, um, one of our favorite clients, mm-hmm. he doesn't live here. He lives up that way. Um, he had, I'm giving an example here. He, I sent, I said, do I have permission to send your portfolio to Michelle? And what I always do. And they go, yeah. I go, why? I go, just, just let me send it over. She came back and I don't even know. I just I said, here's, you know, here, send it over. And he called me, he said, Hey, Kenny, Wow, this is um, this is you know twenty. I think it's twenty thousand a year savings. So, to him, he's thinking, okay, I've had a twenty year relationship with this big name insurance guy over here. He goes, what do I do? I said, well, um, I always do this for clients because look, not only is the money saved, but she's looking at your coverage and this. It's like it's 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 not just a win on the money; it's a win everywhere else. And so. I was like, well, you know, call the guy back and just say this is what I got. And basically, the guy just said. He's pissed. And then he said, I, I can't, I'm, I, this is where I'm at. He's like, you can't do anything. He's like, no. And he unfortunately said, I'm going to fire this guy because it's a 20 year relationship because $20,000 a year to a person that is a real estate investor is cash flow. And that's yep. in his pocket. Yep. And also, if you're getting really good coverage and you understand what you're getting still, but it's saving you a lot of money. Um, can you just go through the master policy though? Because I know yes. that there are some nuances. Like for example, your coverage is a little bit different since it's not per building. It's actually it's blanketed. So yeah. Before before I go into those details, you have to be careful with a blanket policy because not a 
not a lot of carriers like to do the blanket policy. So if someone, if you call an agency and you say, hey, I want a blanket policy, they may put you with a carrier who may offer a blanket policy, but there's little nuances like the liability um, and the property coverage that you need to make sure is covered, blank, it, that it is blanketed and that the liability is per location. So although you may be requesting that with a, a different agent, they may be cutting coverages by putting them together, yes, it would cut costs, but you need to make sure that you use us and use our the coverage isn't thing. cut. And the re- yeah. yeah, and to, sorry to go further into detail of what that means is that we have a program. Actually, we have numerous different programs that will allow us to do this, and we make sure that the property, um, the property coverage is blanketed. So if you have, I don't know, forty policies on a blanket, I'm sorry, forty properties on a blanket policy. If you were to add up every single one of those dwelling limits and put that together, that amount, I don't know, 100 million, million, 100 yeah, 100 million yeah. whatever it is, 100 million, you would, if one of those burned down and it was in Chula Vista, then you would have up to 100 million to rebuild that back to where it was prior to. So I know some people are like, 100 million, I'm going to buy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build back 50 units or whatever. No, it's going to build it back to where it was. But you that is a huge, huge benefit because everybody says to us, how do we know we're insuring our building perfect? Uh-huh. You don't know, right? And and if, let's say, Chula Vista had a large fire and it had spread, obviously, and there were numerous homes that were um, burned from that, construction costs are going to go up. So although it may be 200 a square foot to build back, if just that burned down, if numerous ones build burned down, then obviously the demand for contractors is going to go up, the cost is going to go up, and all of a sudden it's going to be 300 a square foot. You're not covered properly anymore. So the advantage of that blanket is it gives you that buffer of up to $100 million to build it back to where it was. So it's like having a big pizza and you take one slice out, uh, but you get the whole pizza. You have access to the whole pizza. Exactly. And you're just taking a sliver of it. Exactly. Okay. And then how does it work? Like once it's rebuilt, does it still hold like the policy? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So that's so interesting. It's, it's per occurrence. Now you also want to make sure that the, and that's where you have to be careful too. You want to make sure that each one of those properties is insured to value. Um, because I mean, what if you did own all of your properties in Chula Vista in that same area and they were blanketed, you want to make sure that they're all insured properly because they're not going to give you 10 million. If all of them burn, you're still going to have only 10 million to rebuild everything. Um, back to where it was. And then the other part of it is the liability. You want to make sure that su- majority of the companies, if you do a blanket policy, they're not going to be giving you $1 million, $2 million for per property, per location. Uh. They're going to split it. So what we make sure is that whatever program we're going to put them with, that they're getting that, we would hope, $2 million, $4 million for each of the properties individually. So if a lawsuit comes, like I said, $1.5 million, that they have $1.5 Five million for property A. They have one point five million, or they—I'm sorry—they have two million, four million for each of those properties versus splitting a, B, C, that across all of them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to be careful, and that's why you want to work with someone that knows it's what experience. they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, is it safe to say, Michelle, that you sort of specialize in this? I mean, I would think so because we've thrown like every single client. That's like the one yes. thing I tell clients when I'm talking. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, let me yeah. get with Michelle. She's going to save you a lot of money because. But there's been a, like, like the one store I gave. That's one of yeah. many. 
Yeah. Like that's one of many that have saved that much money. Like, I mean, people just like, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, I I know just the people that we've even sent your way. Like we've had multiple clients. Like I can't even almost remember how many we've sent over to you to get those blanket policies on their properties. Just because like I said, a lot of people don't know this stuff. Like they just have individual policies on their properties. That's just the way it is. They call their, it's kind of like, I always say this with CPAs. I feel like not to harp on any one CPA, but I think the general consensus is like you have to literally find out the information and then ask them. They don't right. ever offer it to you. So it's kind of the same with your insurance agent. They don't ever go like, hey, guess what, Mr. Property Owner? Like I have this other way that can save you all this money on your insurance. Instead, they just call and they get a new policy. They get a new property, they get a new policy. They get right. a new property, they get a new policy. Yeah. And they don't really ever look at the whole enchilada to see like, okay, well, I can save you on everything across the board and still get you really great coverage. Right, right. And that's, I mean, as corny as it sounds, like I love, writing property insurance i i oh, you enjoy love when it. you get the portfolio and they're like <laughs> and you're like like it's like here's the properties and you know no offense to companies but you got these companies and i'm just michelle's like yes yeah you it know, is. it's like you know i'm gonna be like oh i can't wait because the client's gonna get back and they're gonna be like holy crap like i'm gonna blow them away no exactly yeah. and, and they, then it, yeah. it, it helps you guys because you're adding value to your clients it's exactly and it helps it. you guys with the loans as well because yeah. if you can cut that down the bottom number gets cut down too and so it helps and it all gets back to that cash flow and i remember too like uh, th- this is like just another client that i remember that we saved too she didn't even own really that many properties i mean I, I guess by most standards she owns a lot of units but not that many properties but i think you saved her like $15,000 a year over like whatever, four or five properties or whatever it was. It was some, it was not a ton of properties. So, and they were with a big name insurance company, direct long-term relationship. And it's just, that's like another thing where it was like, you got really good coverage and you just saved someone $15,000 a year. I don't think anybody's ever opposed to saving money and still getting It's like a car payment. Yeah. So what's the, um, let's say what would be in the negative of having that type of policy if there is one so as you brought up before claims um if you do have a claim then you would obviously be penalized across the policy and so what we do though to get around that is we take that policy that property off the policy and we're able to talk to our carriers and say look you know it was on that one property whatever it is so red has stepchild let's just put that over here yeah and back to yeah that. and then we okay. go back to it um and every portfolio is a little bit different so maybe the, the master policy is typically a great solution and awesome and it has an ease for billing and all that stuff for our clients but it may not always be the answer because of claims or whatever it is. And if that's the case, then we're going to tell them, okay, let's separate it out. Or if you have a combined portfolio of commercial properties with manufactured homes or- There's some you can't go in it, right? Yeah, no, you okay. can't. Okay. So we have programs for all of those. Okay. And we're actively, actively looking constantly year after year, reviewing and making sure that you are in the best program because those are changing as well. So, so. the next one I want to talk about is what? What do you think I want to talk about next? Which one? Umbrella policies. No. <laughs> Vacation rental. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh that was that's, a, that's a hot topic. That's yeah. A good one. yeah. Here we go. So, if you own a vacation rental. Yes. You and you're lying to yes. Michelle. <laughs> dare you. How dare you, people? <laughs> well, and you're lying. For your own good. And you're lying. And you're like, oh, I, I'm just, you're an idiot, basically. But, yeah. um, <laughs> Michelle, how important is it to have the proper vacation rental coverage and then tell us why so 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 important (laughs) um the reason the reason being is because 
they there are exclusions going into policies now that exclude vacation rentals. So when when Airbnb and VRBO and all of those sites started becoming popular, it started to become a hot topic. The insurance industry is a little bit on the slower side of catching up to things. They're, the companies were saying, we don't want them, we don't want them. But if you actually read through the policies, if we did have a client who was not necessarily telling us the truth about a vacation rental, it would have probably been okay if something would have happened. It would have been covered and then they would have just non-renewed. But now there's actual exclusions getting put into these policies saying, if you are vacate, if you're doing any sort of vacation rental, it is, I don't care what the claim is, property related, liability related, Nada. it is excluded. And they will be, you know, they don't want to pay out anything they don't have to pay out. And they're going to say, sorry, that was on you. And so that's why. Should have read the need, fine print. Yeah. There's 30 pages <laughs> so of exclusion. Yeah, exactly. I'm also guessing that there's some companies that don't even want to deal with vacation rentals, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially Majority this, of them. This whole, I don't even really get watch news, but I, but I read something about. There's some crazy shooting and a vacation rental and this whole and it's a big deal now in the industry because, you know, Airbnbs being our Airbnb or VRB or one of them is getting sued and then the then then insure, like your insurance and somebody stay there and then sh- like so there, it's it's causing this whole uproar which now insurance companies are gonna be like wait a minute how are we gonna deal with this because you're renting out your house there's not security you weren't supposed to rent to these people and so I think insurance companies are gonna even dive in deeper oh, yeah. so if you don't have the proper coverage they're gonna be like we're not like, I right. think, I think it's this. And that's why the exclusions are getting built into the policy. Cause they probably because had a lot of like, problems. Ah, we don't want nothing to do with this. We don't want any loopholes. You know, we don't want anything. We don't want to get, you know, get involved. And I don't, and I don't think, uh, with, uh, I don't think the cost is much more. It isn't actually the, the new program um, that I was talking to you guys about the other day. It's, it's really not. I'm thinking it's like almost the same. I feel like it, I mean, a couple hundred, it's, maybe a, it's a little, it's, it's a little more different. It's going to be a little yeah. bit more. I mean, 10, and 15, 20%, but it's not like, it's not a hundred. It's not astronomical. More, yeah. I mean, no. and honestly, it's one of those things that it's a good point you brought up with the vacation rentals, because honestly, I think some people just don't even think about it. Like, let's say you have a building, like for example, for us, we bought a building that wasn't a vacation rental. We slowly turned it into a vacation rental and for a lot of years like we just never even thought about the fact that you would need to notify your insurance agent it wasn't a situation of hiding it it was more like i didn't even know so then we were like like, wait uh, what red flag is a vacation rental we need to change this immediately it was like oh i was supposed to tell you that yeah sorry yeah you you don't realize that you're not thinking about your insurance but there's another question so um, you think you just have insurance and you pay for yeah, it and it's fine. Like, yeah. why would they care? You exactly. Know? But, yeah, so exactly. We, you have an apartment building because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people are doing this. You have an apartment building in Pacific Beach. You buy it and you're like, okay, I'm going to turn. There's a six unit. I'm going to turn three in a vacation, three long term. Yes. You, is that, are you going to have to do the whole, how does that work? Yeah. The whole if building. You, if you have one unit that is a vacation rental, you need to make sure that your policy does not exclude it. Okay. And it's just not even worth trying to get around it. It is worth paying those couple hundred dollars because if you do get pulled into a lot, and, and you know, a lot of times people are like, well, VRBO has their own insurance. Airbnb has their own insurance. So I'm covered. It's probably do minimal. Do not I trust imagine. that. Well, it's not necessarily minimal. It's the gaps in coverage. So they may have the million dollars. They may have all that coverage, but the scary thing is- They also have good attorneys. I also- <laughs> Exactly. Well, you know, I, it's interesting because- because of our vacation rentals, we've heard from multiple other vacation rental operators. We've never had to run into it ourselves, but they even said good luck getting help getting a security deposit from somebody who stayed improving damage. Like they're not even yeah. going to help you out. With, like basically just count on not getting the money. Like right? we've had you things know, so. missing and gone and some damage. And basically it's like 
it's fifty hundred bucks. You just take cost it. Of business. Yeah, it's yeah. cost yeah. of business. Yeah. It's like so. It's a nightmare her just dealing with Airbnb because they're they'll fight it. It's this whole long right. process. They don't so want to lose can, money in the so end. So you can either, imagine so. if you're not probably and it's insured their big and policy. You got to go after them. So they're yeah. going to defend the policy too, not to have to deal with submitting a claim. I would right. imagine. And the who one, knows the deductible? And the one that happened in too. California yeah. here. You know, they're stepping in because this became publicly known right. quickly, which right. they're like, oh, wait, wait. So yeah. that's a different story. But if it's nobody knows about it, they're going to probably drag this thing down the road. Well, I would imagine, too, that if you end up having a claim um, that they're going to do their research. So if they search your at your property address and they happen to find something listed as a vacation rental like that, I mean, that's pretty oh, yeah. easy to fa- find nowadays with the internet. Like, oh, you can sure. look that stuff up quickly. So, oh, yeah. You could go along thinking you're getting your claim paid for, have no idea that you're doing anything wrong, and that you could get denied later on down the road because they find this out and oh, then yeah. you're screwed. It's like a, you know, you get into a car accident, you call the claim in, they're asking questions. Were you working? Were you, yeah. you know, where are you coming from? What were you doing? You know, and you think you're just answering the questions, but little do you realize that. They're investigating. You're, they're always investigating. And, you know, these companies, they're they're a business, and they are trying to make money. And as long as you're working with reputable, good companies, they're here to help you. So I'm not right. trying to make insurance companies sound bad. They are on your side, and they do want to keep their name in good light, you know. But at the end of the day, too, they also don't want to pay out anything that they're not that's not you? in their contract yeah. and i think about it honestly because if it's my my own money i don't want to pay for something if i don't have to exactly you know exactly. you're like if that's not on me then that's not on me sorry 100 percent. yeah so i mean it's that's exactly the way that it is and i also think it just depends too on um definitely the relationship you have with your agent because i think if you end up talking to the adjuster and they know the relationship and they know there's just a little bit of history they're just kind of like when you get a warm referral that you're more likely to get that client than getting somebody cold that just walked in the door. So it's like the same thing with insurance. Like if you call a claims adjuster and you get assigned to someone that you just don't have any idea or they go, they've talked to your agent and they've had a longstanding relationship, they're a little bit more like, okay, like how can I help you rather than just it's a cold call. You know? Right, right. So Yeah, I mean that relationship with your agent is so big and so important. In Especially when shit's bad. Yeah. Especially when shit goes down. And that's really just is. human nature, too. Really. Of course, yeah. It's, it's, Relationships, it's, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it is. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's everything. Okay, so now we can talk about your umbrella policy, a.k.a. the extended policy, folks, because that's excess, what we call it now. Excess. So why? Excess, yeah. sorry, excess, not extended. Because we have umbrella on our personal. We have umbrella that covers our business. Maybe. Or we're getting. But um, we're so, <laughs> yeah. So, but why would you? Like, if you have a master policy or you have individual no, policies. No, let's talk about our situation. Why are reason? we, why yeah. do we have the, like, we have the personal and we have the business. Let's walk through why am I, what, what am I going to get out of a personal? Why do I have a business, you know? So, number one is, like I had said earlier, we're in California. It's the most litigious state and attorneys are suing whether it's For anything. adequate or it's not adequate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's going to, lawsuits happen all the time. You can sue anybody for anything. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so on the personal side, you guys obviously want to make sure that your personal assets are all covered. And um, the umbrella, the car accidents are what we see. You know, you drive down the road and you see call 1-800-PI attorney. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> you see all these ones. And it doesn't say if you were severely injured and you have all these hospital bills and, you know, you have a legit claim, please call us. It says, call us if you're in a car accident. 
So right there, it shows you, you need to make sure that everything that you guys have under your personal name is protected. On top of it, when an attorney finds out that you guys are worth something or maybe have a little something more, you, you, became, you become a larger target. And so by making sure you have a personal umbrella, your personal auto insurance is only going to cover $500,000. So if we go back to That's our- That's like the max you can get on it, right? Right, yeah. right. Sometimes you, I, some policies are starting to change to a million, but not really. It's rare. Yeah. And, um, and it may not be the best fit for you. Yeah. So having the excess policy is going to give you an additional million or an additional two million, depending on what whatever you choose, whatever you choose and whatever you feel would adequately cover you would give you that additional liability to make sure you're taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so um, on the personal side, if you own a home, the same thing, you want to make sure that if you were to be sued for everything, the the story that I use was there was an older couple who went online and who saw commercials, went online, did their auto insurance, did their home insurance and their rental properties. They didn't really know what they were doing at the time, picked the lowest coverages possible. Oh boy. The lady was driving down a street in Ocean Beach and um, hit a motorcyclist. And they came to us after, the, well, after they lost their rental property because they had been sued and they had the state minimum auto liability limits. They should have had an umbrella. And if they would have had an umbrella, it would have made their underlying auto liability go up because you have to have that to qualify for an umbrella. But instead, they ended up just doing what they thought they were doing right online, ended up having those minimum limits because they thought they were saving money, lost a rental property because they got into a car accident and were sued by a PI attorney who found out they had a they had, well, they had a property. They had a property. Sued them for everything they had and lost their. They had to sell their rental property to be able to pay off the attorney and that's terrible. Go away. And yeah. I mean, whether or not it was a legit claim or not, it's awful. And if yeah. they would have had an umbrella, it would have covered that and it would have taken care of all of them. And they would still have their rental property today. And instead, something happened. Then they came and saw us afterwards, and we had to sign them up. And now they have an umbrella, and they have you know the rest of their rental Proper properties insurance. and things like that. What does so, um with the umbrella policy what personal what does that not cover like what is like not like it's a loaded question <laughs> yeah i guess a lot is of there, is there some <laughs> is there some big things where you're like yeah it doesn't it's not going to cover you know i mean well so it's liability right okay. an umbrella is just liability it's an extension of your underlying coverage okay so whatever your underlying coverage does not cover your umbrella is not going to follow okay so that's why it's so important that you understand what you have covered on your auto policy, on your homeowner's policy, on your rental policies, um, on all of those policies. You need to make sure that you understand the exclusions. And so it's hard for me to give you a specific answer on that because you could have a rental property that has an animal exclusion on it, that has a, uh, you know, all those things. And that would carry through. Whereas before people say, hey, I have an umbrella policy. It covers everything. It may not. So that's why you have to understand what is what the legal wording, what that thirty page or hundred page policy really says at the end of the day. Okay, cool. So, so that's so that's the, why a conversation yeah. sit down and be like, this is what's covered, so you'll know it all. Yeah, less like is that. not. I mean, saving money, like I said, it, insurance has unfortunately become more of a commodity. But at the end of the day, it really isn't. You have to understand what you're picking and choosing. And what you're doing, especially if you own property, you don't want to lose that down the line. And then let's go into the business, Paul, uh, umbrella or is it commercial mm-hmm. or whatever we, you call it. S- same thing. Okay. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're we're covering your ass and your assets, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's we're you need to figure out what your portfolio is worth 
And the biggest thing, the biggest claim that we see in the portfolio is the door knocking. So you have one one tenant that is in a 100-unit apartment complex, comes in, slips and falls, or has some sort of habit, something they claim is a habitability claim. They saw one cockroach in the unit because they left food out, yet the insurance company has to settle because of something um, negligent that the landlord was found of. And then all of a sudden, that tenant tells their next-door neighbor that they got paid out, and then that neighbor tells their neighbor. And then sure enough, over time, that $1 million, $2 million liability or the $2 million, $4 million liability you had on your policy is gone. So having that umbrella policy would extend and provide that coverage for – and that door knocking stuff has happened over and over and it's only gotten worse. So you want to make sure that you look at your portfolio as a whole, figure out what you're worth and what that is worth. And if you have separate LLCs, that's a great layer of creating separation, but you still need to look at a umbrella to make sure that you're protecting it all as a whole. So if you have separate LLCs, can you do one over it or is it for each? Okay, so you can. So that's unique. We have okay. a program. Um, not all umbrella policies will do that. Okay, and so yeah. you need to make sure that if you do do, it's called a big umbrella. That's what we're working on, um, is make sure that all the LLCs are covered. And you can also, on, under a big umbrella, you can put your personal stuff under there too. So then you only have to deal with one excess policy versus an, a personal umbrella and a commercial, as long as it makes sense financially. Sometimes it is better to stop. Yeah. It just depends. You um, said something that I wanted to jump into. So um, a lot of real estate investors you know, listen to the show, and you mentioned an animal exclusion. <laughs> so I knew that was coming. <laughs> yes. So the one thing that I actually – the one client that referred to us, I know, dealt with that. But the one thing I've learned from you is that um, I tell people is, do you know what's in your policy? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you own all these apartments and you have all these tenants and then you have all these dogs and then they have all the, you basically have a bunch of liabilities mm-hmm. and then there's this policy that says covered and then you're effed. Mm-hmm. So my question is, is that a lot of people where, what can, can we cover everything what cannot be covered? I mean, let's just go over the specifics. On an apartment, what do we have, Crystal? We have a pool. We have dogs. We have neighbors. We have cars. You know, people could trespass, whatever. I mean, the big things are the dogs. It's not the, my, the dog runs out the front door and jumps in the tax and bites the neighbor. And I'm like, he's going to go, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue, I'm going to sue everybody. Right. And that's going to be, that's going to be, I'm going to be. And ultimately, it's going to end up to be us because yes. the person that owned the dog probably has manage the expectation little to no insurance right and right. so we'll be the next so one let's help first of all i know a lot of people never even think about this or have the conversation because it never happens right but it's happened to people that you've known which mm-hmm. now i'm like holy shit yeah so can we kind of dive into like is that just end policies or not or do you really need to like add it or how does that right. work well, the first and foremost thing is insurance, as we know, does not always cover everything. It's yeah. not what it's for, right? And so this this is obviously a hot topic within the industry. Everybody knows, oh, my gosh, I have a pit bull or I have a Rottweiler and it's not covered. I'm not going to ever find coverage. So as a property owner and having apartments or even just a single family dwelling, you need to make sure – First and foremost, that you, if you are going to have a policy that allows do- tenants to have dogs, if they have a dog, they need to, number one, make sure they have renter's insurance. And, a renter's, and on top of that, a renter's insurance policy that has no less than $500,000 of liability coverage and does not exclude their dog. So that 
we're going to always start with the preventative measures before we get to what's covered on the insurance policy. So we want to make sure of that first. They have at least a half a million dollars. If they do have a dangerous dog, so a quote unquote, I mean, some of these dogs are the sweetest dogs in the world and I, I don't make these rules. The, we're just the, stating what's just on. the reality yeah. of it. Yeah. So if they do have, you know, there's Akitas, uh, Doberman Pinscher, um, Pitbull, maybe. Pitbull, Pitbull uh, Mix, all those ones. Yeah. You need to make sure that um, that they have some sort of, I mean, if you're going to allow that, that they need to have a renter's insurance policy that does not exclude those types of dogs. What about when it's a service service animal? So, so that's many the, emotional I know. service animals. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I know. And that's a hard that's a hard one um, because you really don't have control. As, so do we I mean that's changing. That's all, you know, going through litigation and there's a lot of stuff going on with the service animal thing right now. Um, at this point, it's very hard. Um, because then if you, so there's, you know, really there's no discrimination issues, if you yeah. say no, and there's a lot of things. So you just have to be very, very careful and make sure you're screening your tenants. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, you, but you have insurance that can cover this. Yes. I okay. mean, there's, there's absolutely, hmm. I mean, I have, I have coverage that can, yes, cover, but it's always for a cost, right? Yeah. And so we have renter's insurance policies that do not have those exclusions that would cover a pit bull and would cover a Rottweiler um, that we can give a landlord that they can, you know, we can, as you guys did with your when you guys had your property management company, of being able to put a link in your guys' website that says, okay, pick your rent. You can buy a renter's insurance policy on there. There's no exclusions on there. So making sure that you have that proper renter's insurance coverage first and foremost before you hand them keys that they that you know that they have that on top of that sometimes it's easy to just put in your policy that no dogs are allowed that's going to be your best preventative measure but then when you get to the actual policy you just need to be informed you need to understand that if you're going to have any sort of dog policy that you understand what is covered the situation that you know that we had seen years ago with a client was that there was a animal exclusion, so it was on page like forty of their policy underneath downhill skiing exclusion. There was an animal exclusion, so you know downhill some. Downhill skiing. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah, they're downhill skiing right through yeah. the property. Come on through. <laughs> right, We're not going right. to cover you there. And then, and then after that, we'll start talking about animals. So companies bury it in there, and so you need to make sure that you understand that. You need at the end of the day, if you have a portfolio of properties, you need to work with someone that knows what they're doing. No, that that's the that's, that's the point. What it comes like I'm just to. my point was is that if you own a bunch of properties, you're getting cash flow, and this is your primary business, and you don't know what the hell you're insured on. Shame on you because right. there's 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 plenty of people, but you know there's other great people too out there that know what this stuff, and there's a lot of people that are good at insuring your car and your house, and that's it. Right. Because they don't do this stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or they say they do, and then they're gonna send you to a carrier that has exclusions built in or, you know, whatever it is. And so, yeah, I've got another thing. I don't know if you know this. I just thought of it um, because I keep, I know Sandy has a lot of it. What about um, somebody has a house and then they had Larry, the cable guy, build a couple unpermanent units. Mm-hmm. And how does that work with insurance? Because I'm, I see it more and more and is yeah. it covered or not? And don't tell me about it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, it is a hot topic. I mean, all over, it's all over San Diego, there is definitely unpermitted There's units. Tons of unpermitted units, right? So, what I am supposed to say is that yes. 
You're if, recording that? If, what are you supposed <laughs> to say? Um, many insurance companies do not, probably majority of insurance companies do not want your, pro they don't want to insure your property if it's unpermitted. However, if you were, we're going to go with the scenario that you did not know it was unpermitted and it burned down to the ground and you're trying to figure out if it's going to be rebuilt and if you get paid for it to be rebuilt. No. You would. So if you insure it as three units, even if one unit was unpermitted and we did not know it was unpermitted or document that it was unpermitted, then they will rebuild it back to the three units. Wow. So I'm not saying go buy a bunch of units that are unpermitted. I'm not saying, you know, put that back. I'm just giving you the peace of mind that if, if you were to find out after a claim occurred that something wasn't permitted, it is our job to insure you for what you had and to restore what it was prior to it being rebuilt. There's a whole bunch of other issues outside of just insurance. Of, yeah, of financing and uh, of yeah. course. city shutting I was just you down. Asking, yeah, and, yeah. All these other and again, it's yeah. not recommended by any means. I'm not, you know, but I do have clients that are like, oh my gosh, I bought this, you know, 20 unit apartment complex. I had no idea that the laundry room was converted and now it's, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, well, there's a lot of that too. You can't control yeah. that. Yeah. So. For us, we're not looking at that. For them to pay the check, their their job is to restore and bring you back to where it was before the fire or the claim occurred. And that's what they'll stand by. So um, to kind of wrap up here, what are some things in closing that you always say this? It's like you, you've been doing this 10 years. Um Makes what, me feel old. Yeah. <laughs> right? What are, oh, what are, you know, one to three things, whatever it is that basically you can kind of leave us with that somebody's listening to this that probably just got like an earful that's like, wow, I probably need to call Michelle because my shit needs to get fixed. Yeah. And I need to save money. Um, besides that, what are some things that it's just a common thing that you're seeing day in and day out when people come to you and they're they're just stuffs a mess all over the place. Like just kind of some things that really you're you're always cleaning up and like kind of cleaning house that people read to think about. You know when they're thinking about insurance or really sit down. You know I don't know if my, I'm making any sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My number one thing would be think about insurance. I know it's not a fun thing to think about. It's not what you want to have on the top of your mind unless you're saving money or whatever. But realize that. If you live in California, you have a portfolio of any means in California. I don't care if it's one unit. I don't care if it's a 1,000 units. You need to make sure that you understand what you're being covered for. And have a relationship with your agent. Call me. I'm friendly. I'm nice. You know? <laughs> We're here. And, and insurance agents are not bad guys. Insurance companies are not bad guys. They're your legal team. They're your counsel. And so use us. Use the people who specialize in it. And... Spend the time, I mean, as much as it sucks, and I know people don't want to do it, take an hour, you know, or send your portfolio over to someone like us who's more than happy to take, you know, we, we get sent hundreds of policies that are all over the place, and we consolidate them. We put together a port, an organized portfolio yeah, for you. Yeah, you do a lot of work, yeah. And we will tell you what you need and what you don't need. And so my number one thing is just take the time. It shouldn't take that much time other than sending some emails over to us and we can help. Um, and then have that relationship. Don't let it get to years and years. You know, the poor people up north that are dealing with fires that have spread a lot, a lot of those people. I mean, last year it happened, so I think more people, you know, had their – Yeah, and yeah. they were able to look at it. But review, review your coverage. Understand what's covered and what's not covered or let somebody else do that for you. And um, I, I just think that paying attention to those things – is 
I mean, we, 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 we call you once a year and say, Hey, what do we need to do? Whatever. Like, you know, are we good? Or, I mean, we kind of review stuff maybe once or twice a year. We've had you like, you know, you have a running spreadsheet of all of our insurance. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, Michelle's helped us with, you know, from when we had the management to covering, you know, liability in the company to liability in our properties, you know, car insurance, whatever it is. So Michelle, what's the best way anybody can reach you if they want to contact you to save money? And learn about insurance? They should call me or what? email me, either one. Um, phone my number? phone number is <laughs> 619-987-7515. And that is my cell phone number. Whoa! So directly to me. Business calls um, only. <laughs> please, please. Um, but, yeah, so I would say call or text that number, and then I can send over my email address, and you can form me forward me what I have. And, you know, one of the things is I'm not going to tell you to move if I don't think you should. Um, yeah. You know, that goes a long way. If I if I think that you're with a great company and you have a great policy, I'm going to say stay where you are. If, you know, you need anything in the future, use me. If you have questions and you're not looking to quote your insurance, that's fine too. I'm here to help. I'm here to be a resource um, and just provide that value add like you guys do. And I think that that's why we work together so well and why you guys are so awesome is that we're all on the same wavelength as wanting to help people. Yeah, Yeah, we're all awesome. So, And the name of your company is Ives Insurance. It's I-V-E-S. Correct. Ives Ives Insurance Services. And then for what we do, guys, for a lot of people, if you do have a real estate portfolio, whether it's one property or 20 or 30 or more, is we just take our real estate schedule for a lot of clients, send it over with everything on there. And Michelle typically will take, it takes time to how big you are, but it could take, you know, a week or so or two if you have massive. And then she comes back with a breakdown. And sometimes she likes to learn, do you know what you have? And if you kind of know your coverage, if not, center what you have. And if you have a master policy or have individuals, it's more time. But sitting down with, she can sit down and review it. Then you can sit down and have a conversation. She can tell you what you can do. And then the kind of the conversation starts from there. And it's not fun. It's just like sitting down with your CPA every year to file your taxes. You got to go through it. You got to get all the tax papers together. At least with your insurance, it's kind of something that you don't have to do even every year once you establish it. If you're not making a lot of changes in your portfolio, then your insurance can stay pretty consistent. You'll let it's them fun to save money. Every year. Yes. Yeah, if yes, it's it totally is. Usually so. your CPA yeah. says, you're not saving money. You <laughs> owe money. What? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's so, never what you want to hear. Yeah. But <laughs> you well, Michelle, thanks for coming in. Thank you guys yeah. for having me. This is fun. Yes, it is. And if you guys um, have insurance issues, please take care of them. Call Seriously. Michelle. Yeah, Michelle. give me a call. And that's why I brought her in because she um, helps a lot of our clients and save money. And honestly, um, the advice that she can give you is much more than the savings. So thanks for coming. Thanks, in. guys. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.